afraid to take a risk. Don't be afraid to try out some new material. Try out a lane that feels scary. Try out something that you can say, you know, this is who I am to my core. Welcome to the Journey to Paid Speaking Gigs podcast, where we focus on how to find your voice, develop your message, so that you can get consistently paid speaking gigs that generate income. Not only are you going to learn how to find your voice, but you're going to hear from professionals in the industry who are making a powerful impact, sharing their story, and transforming lives. My name is Charles Clark. I'm an international speaker and ex-professional athlete. And I believe that everyone has a story to tell, but not too many people are telling it. And that's why I created this podcast, because I'm passionate about helping people break the silence, even if their voice shakes. And today's guest is going to give you the insight on how you can do just that. Libby Gill has pivoted from being head of media relations for Sony Worldwide Television Group to founder of Libby Gill and company, a leadership consultant and executive coaching firm. She guides individuals and organizations to lead through change, challenge, and chaos by deeply engaging employees and a shared future-focused vision of success. Hey, Libby, welcome to the show. Thanks, Charles. Happy to be here. Thanks for being here. Hey, so I want you to let the the Thrive Tribe know who is Libby and how did she find herself in the speaking industry? Oh, interesting. And by the way, love the name Thrive Tribe. Wish I'd thought of it, but you did. Um, You know, I was in the corporate world, as you mentioned, for a long time. Finally, I always worked on the television side and finally thought, I just can't launch one more television show. I started with Married with Children. I ended with Dr. Phil and I was like, okay, I ran the gamut. And what I really wanted to do was coach. I didn't, it was a new field. I literally read about coaching in Newsweek magazine and said, hey, I'd be good at that. And then I sort of figured it out, started a business, published my first book. And by the time I wrote my second book, which is called Traveling Hopefully, and it's how to how to get over the negative stories of the past, you may mm-hmm. be able to relate to that, yeah. how you pick yourself up and start over again. And I wrote that book and my, my literary agent was in Texas and there was a big speakers bureau also in Dallas, Texas. And she sent the book over and said, hey, I think you'd like this one. And I went over and met with them and they booked me for my first speaking engagement for the Dallas Women's Chamber of Commerce for 2,000 people. And it was like, okay, I'm in the deep end here. But that's what got me started. And I loved it. You know, I always liked teaching and training and and all of that, just kind of connecting with people and sharing. Yeah. And so that just got me started. I probably made every mistake. Not probably. I did make every mistake in the book getting started (laughs) until I figured out what the business was all about and then just kept going and refining. And it never stops. Uh-huh. You keep you keep um, building your materials and growing and evolving, and all your work evolves with you. Mm-hmm. And and then you gotta you know you gotta promote it and market it and get out in front of people and make sure they know who you are and what you do. Yeah, yeah, so true. <laughs> what is that feeling you get when you're impacting people's lives? Ah, there's nothing better. And I always say my little prayer. I hope I hope this connects with the right person. Yeah. And honestly, if it's one person or those two thousand people, it's a home run for me. Mm-hmm. And um, it feels great. There's a sense of energy. I do miss the in person. You know, being there because right, you're right, right. With people, you hear their stories. You weave. The, oh, it's so much fun weaving their stories into what you're doing that day because it just blows their minds. So, hey, when I spoke to Susan over there, and she told me about. 
and you get to share so much interesting stuff. But you can find that energy and you can find that inspiration even in the virtual world. We got to figure it out. And I am here and this is, you'll find this of interest, Charles, because I know you've pivoted in what you're doing, just like I have. Mm -hmm. There are some speakers and I make the rounds of my bureaus and catch them up on what's going on and what's new. And there are a lot of them telling me, you know, there's some speakers that just don't want to do the virtual. They just don't want to do it or they're, they're not great at it. But I thought... Who would who would say no? Right, right. No, I'm sorry. I'll wait another year. I'm going to sit this year out. That's crazy. I'm not inspired, right? Like, <laughs> feeling it, not going to do it. Well, first of all, if it's part of your livelihood, don't you want to figure it? I mean, maybe none of those people need to make any money. They don't care about that. Yeah. And, and also, the other thing is the flexibility in in terms of pricing. I've found talking to all my bureaus and and people that come to me directly it's like here's the price i make when i'm out in the real world out live i know things are tough i know times have changed i I know you may not be funded for a big live conference so tell me where you are let me let's figure it out and and just being flexible with people is i want to work i want to share what i do i'm I'm not going to stop and i'm you know people will talk about fee integrity and i get it Oh, I sort of get it, and I sort of don't because right, right. Um, not everybody I, has the same budget or needs. Right, and and I think I mean your integrity of your business is your integrity, you know. And yeah, exactly, it's, it's completely. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So whether you choose to change your price because of the pandemic or not change your price, it's completely up to you. Yeah, but, I agree. Right, but the biggest thing that my my heart is dedicated to is is these two things: impact over income. Yeah, but understanding that those two are tied together. And yes. so the more you impact people, the more money you're going to make, right? Yeah, right. I agree with that. And it's also, you think impact first. Right. Because that's when you get to the richness of who you are and what you really have to offer. Yeah. And when you're thinking that, yeah, all the rest will come along. Yeah, it, it begins, you, you you have an opportunity to, to develop your craft. Yeah. Right? And whether it's like, hey, I'm not good virtual because I can't see anybody's face and I can't, you know, pick up on their energy. And it's it's different, but it gives you an opportunity to practice by yourself. Yeah. You even though you're, you know, have this goal. Yeah. You get on with on Zoom or whatever with a bunch of people and say, hey, let me let me just bounce this off of you. At the beginning of COVID, my whole calendar, every speaking engagement, of course, was canceled yeah. starting March 8th. And I thought, you know, I had that moment of panic like most people did. Oh, my gosh, what am I going to do now? And freaking out, my husband says, do you think you might be having a little bit of a panic response? You you think I'm having a panic response? Yeah, I'd say so. Uh, So I kind of got that out of the way and then thought, well, what can I do now? Because the speaking, you know, the, the industry was just flat on it nothing was happening those first few months yeah yeah you couldn't really call and bug them i mean that was just heartless so right yeah i mean they don't know what's going on right now (laughs) you don't either you know one bureau had they had 180 events canceled i had maybe 12 canceled they had hundreds canceled Mm -hmm. so i thought well here's what i do i'm a coach and i always say that's my day job even though speaking is the biggest part of my business but coaching is what i do deep dive with with leaders and so I thought, well, I'm just going to open up a, a coaching, a weekly coaching group open to anyone. I just kind of put it on social media and I put it out in my newsletter. And I have people show up from Australia and Trinidad and all wow. through Canada and the U.S. Yeah. And we are together today. I mean, this has been since March. Yeah. And people have pivoted. And you made me think of it because there were some people that said, 
wait a minute, I my business is in person. It is high touch, face to face, and I don't want to do it any other way. I said, really, you gonna just sit this one out? Yeah. And so I said, try it. Let's just try it. And so in my in my little Wednesday coaching group, we would do a, a half an hour of go rounds of cheers and challenges, you know, for the week. Mm-hmm. And then we would put somebody in the member spotlight. And I said, it's not the hot seat. This yeah. is the warm and loving, the glowy member spotlight. Uh-huh. And let us help you. And people would start to focus group. And they'd like that speaker who said, well, I, I, I don't know how this works. Yeah. Well, get a group of people that are supportive and try it out. Figure right. it out. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I always want to live by this model. Put other people first and make yourself second. Yeah. And and during this time, speakers, we're needed more than ever. We, we And we have to learn what is the best way that I can serve people during this time for their, their mental health and their wellness. How can I best serve them? So I like... You know, with, with my business, what I did was I just reached out to the companies that I was working with. Yeah. Hey, I, I know some things are difficult for you right now, but here's some things that I want to do for you. Yeah, absolutely okay. free. Don't even, don't even yeah. worry about it. I got you. You know, yeah. and and that just you know whether they use it or not, it it just lets them know that I'm there for it. I'm there for yeah. them. I'm yeah. human. I'm human, cool. not just not just the contract. Right, exactly. And they remember that. And they yeah, under yeah. I mean, people can tell when it's got that ring of truth and it's coming from the heart. Yeah. They know you're not selling. They know, hey, I, yeah, I'm here if you need me. Yeah. And yeah. after a few months went by, and I was touching base with, you know, I'll just reach out and say, hey, hey, Deb, how you doing? How's it going? How's your husband and all of this? Um, to a bureau friend, because they've become friends over the years. And mm-hmm. and I said, one of them said to me, it was a young bureau guy, and he said, I don't have any projects right now. I said, well, good. Find your favorite client. And let's do a freebie for him. Yeah. He was like, really? I said, absolutely. And it ended up being the Illinois Women's Leadership, uh, the whole state of Illinois Women in Leadership group. Wow. And it was so much fun. And the, the bureau fellow got on and, and sat in, which is a great thing speakers can, uh, bureaus and clients can do is they can preview you as they call it you know mm-hmm. hard to get them out of the office and drive across town and lose half a day yeah yeah your sales people mm-hmm. they time is money but if they can hop on a zoom call and see you in action for 20 minutes or half an hour of the whole event yeah then yeah. It, especially when you're doing something for one of their clients boy they're so grateful yeah and it's not that hard for us to do i'm with you charles right. I think it's just the right thing to do yeah so i want to know when was when was your first big check? When did you have that first big check and you were like, oh, my gosh, this is hope for for my career here? Um, well, I should say, actually, it was before that bureau one. I, I was I helped launch the Dr. Phil show. Yeah. And there was a conference he was speaking at and people knew I was an author. My second book had come out aside from um, launching that show, which I did as an outside consultant. And they asked me to speak. And mm. That wasn't, well, yeah, that was a pretty good size check, but um, not as big as I'm making today. I've about doubled it. Yeah. <laughs> that was 5,000 people in a massive convention hall wow. with full screen, the mag screens, these giant screens halfway oh, yeah. down, 20 feet high, that sort of stadium sound, mm-hmm. wah, 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 bouncing all over the place. And yeah. I thought, okay, if I don't faint or throw up on the platform... <laughs> home run and, and i didn't i'm not sure i was too great back then yeah. but I, I did it i had a chance it was like yeah. who's gonna offer me this again and then after that i thought oh 
this will happen every month. Come right. to find out, no, it's not that easy. Uh-huh. You got to get out there and, and make this. And work for it. Yeah, that's good. So you have this tagline on your website, and it says, lead through change and challenge. Yeah. And I think that's a powerful description that embodies how you impact people's lives. So, and it's also very difficult for us to get to that place of understanding how to communicate as a speaker to our audience. How did you get that clarity for your business and understanding your audience language? Uh, I think I started with change and, and that as a coach, I mean, I see what's going on in organizations and how much change, this is all pre-COVID by the way, there's, there's always been massive change. Yeah. But when I started my career and I worked at a, a television company a relatively small but prestigious little television company and I was young and started it as an assistant in the PR department and then that company immediately got bought by Columbia Pictures and then by Coca-Cola and then by Sony mm-hmm. so it was like wow mm-hmm. you know you don't even have to go anywhere it's just gonna swirl around <laughs> you and I just I just learned I've got you know I can either duck under my desk and and sit it out hide you know see what happens and I thought, no, I can't do that. It's just not my nature. And I wasn't particularly extroverted or experienced, but I just kind of kept raising my hand and showing up. Mm-hmm. And I went from being an assistant in the PR department to being head of uh, Sony's, their, as you said, the worldwide television group, the head of publicity, advertising, and promotion in five yeah. years. Wow. So it was a pretty, I didn't even, I was so green. I didn't know that was a rapid climb. It's like, yeah. this is in a major corporation. <laughs> um, but I discovered later when people would say, how'd you do that? <laughs> <laughs> That's so. what you pay me for. Right? <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. So when, when you started out speaking, what was your biggest challenge and how did you overcome it? Well, I was pretty comfortable on stage. Um, I've got a degree in theater and dance and I've been on a soap and I've been in commercials and that sort of stuff. So that wasn't too scary. I'm actually mm-hmm. much better on the stage on the platform than I am in the VIP cocktail, that scares the crap out of me. Uh, okay. Oh, I gotta go mingle with people, especially if they haven't seen you, you gotta explain to you who you are and what you do. And if they've already seen you and the story's out there, it's much easier. Yeah. Um, but that was tricky. What is that your question? What was the Yeah, yeah, what's your biggest challenge and how oh, did you overcome yeah. how did you overcome it? It was really what what's the message and what's the material? What do I have mm-hmm. that I can share? And I've written this book about as I mentioned, traveling, hopefully overcoming these adversities. And that's where I I started. I was hired to speak based on that book. And I did that. And then I realized that, you know, something's missing here because I'm not really getting booked. And, and, you know, and people tell you nice things. No, but there aren't a lot of people that are going to give you the tough feedback. But what I figured out, just asking a lot of questions, like, why did you book me? And why did you choose me? And those kind of questions. It was because of my background. I had this high-level C-suite background in the corporate world. You know, it took me five years to figure out that's what people were interested in, that I had a real leadership background. And so I began to really lean into that and the leadership principles of that. And and so you got to go out and find that brutal feedback. You know, it's like, oh, I I was thrown into the the women's issues and nothing wrong with that, but the... um, work-life balance and that wasn't really my deal i was yeah. a leadership speaker but nobody knew it so yeah. i had i had to really tweak that and change to communicate it. that to, yeah. to people and i love speaking to women in leadership i mean that's a big piece of my what i do as a speaker yeah. so it's not that i don't love that 
but it's about leadership. And now the message is about the science of hopefulness or hope theory. So that's that's that having a broadcast. This I always call this the specificity within the universality. So leadership is a big topic. Mm-hmm. Talking about the science of hopefulness and hope theory and how that ties into how you show up as a leader is pretty specific. And that's kind of right. that's kind of my jam. Nobody else is out there right. talking hope. Yeah. Um, and yeah. it's taken a lot of education because at first people thought, well, that's kind of soft or abstract. And no, no, you don't understand how this goes into action in the workplace. Let me under let me explain yeah. the process. I think. And then they begin to really get it. Yeah, that's that's great because I think a lot of our listeners here's here's where they are. They think that they need a validation piece, like I need a book. You know, I need a a a a dr in front of my name in yeah. order for me to get booked yeah and so that's what i kind of hear from you like hey i got this book and i'm thinking i'm gonna get book solid now yeah but it was with what you already had within yourself your experience it was my experience and then later when i thought yeah i had a i was interested in hope i, I wrote this book traveling hopefully years ago before i ever studied the science of hope. I didn't discover that until much later. It's like the science yeah. of happiness, mm-hmm. but a much smaller body of work. And I was fascinated by that. And I thought that that's how I've lived my life. It's a, it's about having this future focused vision. It's got to be ambitious, but also attainable. It's got to be real. And so I really resonated with that message. And then it was like, oh, I got to get into the deepest part of me. To talk about this and i talk about how i grew up which was not pretty and you know alcoholism mental illness suicide all of that in my immediate family and once i began to say you know here's here's what changed men in my personal life i grew up with a lot of this and and the good part of it is that it made me really resourceful it made me really hopeful because i wasn't going to succumb to any of those things yeah way i was going to become an alcoholic you know I, i i was just I really made a point of, I'm going to make better decisions than I've seen around me. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then opening up and talking about that, people have, people have been um, interested. You know, they'll come up to me and say, oh, my gosh, I can so relate to that. Or this happened to me or that happened to me. And, and then I know it's like a human connection. Wow. I love that. You, you dove deeper within yourself of a topic and found something that was truly meaningful to people and that could lead them to create real change. Like it wasn't just at a surface level that allowed you to get to that place of, of impacting people's lives. Well, it's what I had lived by and I thought no one's gonna understand this. This isn't gonna make wow. sense to anybody, let alone the speaker world. Yeah. And I had written an, an, an ebook, by the way, for your people that, oh, I don't have a book yet. Well, great, write your best ebook and put it yeah. on your website. And I had two publishers. Um, it was called Hope Is a Strategy as opposed to hope is not a strategy. And I had two publishers um, Mm -hmm. approach me and say, would you write a book about that? And I chose one and I wrote a book and it became the Hope Driven Leader. But um, it was just putting it up there and seeing if it resonated and trying it out and saying, well, you know what? This is actually who I am. So I'm going to just go down that lane. I love that. And that that. kind of is really working for me now. I just... I was just picked for a, a, a big healthcare conference, big client. You would know this uh, client. And they told me on our first call yesterday that they had, they had asked their leaders, a small leadership conference, and they gave several speaker videos to the, the group that's going to be in attendance and said, you pick the speaker. 
And they picked me because they said, this is a message we want to hear. This is something we we need to hear. We need something that's going to lift us up. Yeah. Isn't it something like people will wait for you when you're that person? They don't want anybody else. They're going to wait till you say yes or no before they go choose some secondary opportunity. But that's you got to know who you are. You got to know what you stand for. You got to know your message. Quick commercial break. If you're someone out there who's trying to find your voice and get consistently paid speaking gigs, even if you never spoke on the stage, well, we have this free training that we're offering right now. Head to journeytopaidspeakinggigs.com forward slash training. And we're going to show you how to position yourself to close top dollar speaking engagements. But that's you got to know who you are. You got to know what you stand for. You got to know your message. And, and if it's not you, yeah, that's. I'd rather have somebody say, "Oh, that's not for us," and pick somebody else. The worst right. thing as a speaker, that's another thing. Talking about challenge, yeah. is is speaking to an audience that's not your people. Uh, that's torture. Let's that's let's let's fun. talk about let's talk about that. So what what are three things you would tell a speaker never to do? Okay. Um, well, you've hit the first one. Don't consider money first. That's just not why we're in this business. Mm -hmm. And if you are, you may be short-lived. So don't think of that first. The second is don't be afraid to take a risk. Don't be afraid to try out some new material. Try out a lane that feels scary. Try out something that you can say, you know, this is who I am to my core. Um, the third thing is overcome your fear of, of, of marketing. You know, God forbid we have to sell ourselves. Yeah. Guess what? It's a business. You got to pick up the phone. You got to connect with people. I, I do a, one, a webinar on the, um, the secrets to painless self-promotion. And a lot of women's groups will pick that because, you know, they uh-huh. feel like, oh, the worst. <laughs> and I'll ask people, you know, on a one, two, three level, are, do you love it? You're okay at it or you absolutely hate it. And I fall yeah. right in the middle. I can do it if I have to, but it's not my favorite thing. Right. But you learn it over time. And that's another thing is speakers, you can't be shy. You gotta you gotta ramp it up and get out there. Yeah, that's so true. Like we we're not afraid to buy things, but we're afraid to sell the things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can workshop yourself to death. You know, yeah. one more there are some junkies out there that would rather take a million workshops mm-hmm. and kid themselves that they're doing something. <laughs> take a stand. And I'm not anti-workshop by any right. means, but you can't just go from one to the next without taking the action. Yeah, revenue do some revenue generating activity for sure. <laughs> So, so what would you say is the biggest trait that establishes a great speaker on a stage? Oh, it can be so many different things. I think, first of all, it's somebody that tugs at your heart, um, that just gets you on that emotional level because we are, you know, we are animals. We connect by feelings first and, and logic second. So it's not just about the logic. You got to get some people where they live. You got to really connect with emotion. That's what gets me. And then when somebody can tell a great story beginning to end and not only have that great heart tug, whatever it is, to um, how they tell the story and then weave in some things that make you say, you know, hmm. I should really try that, or I should really do that. Because in a keynote, you can't necessarily change somebody's lives. You can't make them go out there and follow up, even if you've got the greatest follow-up activity in the world. But you can make them think. You can make them do that, hmm, maybe I should look at that, or maybe I should try that. Yeah. 
And I think if the speakers that do that and have it in just this great flow, uh, uh, that's pretty magical. Yeah, yeah, that, that's what separates beginners yeah. to the elite. Yeah, yeah. I, I, think, I think story, I'm with you on the, on the story element yeah. that, that really establishes a, a great speaker on the stage because great stories for a speaker is a, a speaker who's able to share their personal experience, but also get people to, to be a part of that journey with them. Not just so they look at them, their lives, but they see themselves in it as well. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah, I, I love that. Libby, this has been an uh, amazing conversation that oh, we just had. Me too. Yeah, I, I, I want to keep going, but I want to ask you, like, where can the tribe continue to follow up with you and, and stay connected with you? Go to my website, LibbyGill.com. And for any of your listeners, um, Charles, if anybody wants to just email me direct at Libby at LibbyGill.com and say, hey, I'd like a mini consult. I'd like a coaching session with you. Pick up the phone and do it. And you know what? Pick up the phone, email me. Um, I can always do this because there's only that little handful of people that are going to say, what? I'm going to take her up on that. Yeah. And so it's easy to throw that out. No one there's, you know, 20% of your listeners that are saying, oh, no, I'm one of the action takers. I'm going to do it. And I welcome it. It's great to hear from people out there and find out, you know, what made you connect? What, uh, what can I help you with? What, what can we do for each other together? But mostly I just want to, you know, ask me some questions. I mean, I've been around a long time, so I'm always happy to share. Tribe, it's time that you start sharing your story. That thing that used to pain you, the thing that you used to hide from, that you now heal from, let's get to it. It's time the world hears your voice. It's time that you make a difference, impact lives, and get paid to do what you love. So let's continue that journey and let's do that work. I'll catch you on the next episode.